Well, friends, welcome back to episode number 50. Today, I'm going to be talking about receiving from God and walking out who you are in Christ. And it's such an important part of our intimate personal relationship with the Lord and growing deeper in that so that we can become and have all that he has for us to really live in the fullness of God. And I'm going to do some activations so you can participate as well. Also, I am having a free live workshop training on Wednesday evening, September 7th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And it's my free gift to you. I would love for you to join me. And I'm going to be talking about receiving and living in God's best, what that looks like. How do we activate his promises? You know, we all know there's more to this life than we are probably currently experiencing. And how do we achieve that? And the key is receiving it, believing it, and then activating it. So I'm going to walk you through that in that live training. So go to the show notes. There'll be the link there. You can also go to lauriecasnider.com and it's right there on my homepage. So you can sign up and then share that with a friend too. So you can do this journey together. All right. So here we go. But first there's a word here from Access More. Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually. With podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff, you can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com. Welcome to Created to Thrive. I'm your host, Lori Snyder. If you desire a deeper connection with God, want to know your value and purpose, then you, my friend, are in the right place. I will teach God's word in a simple and practical way to equip and empower you to become who he created you to be because you were created to thrive. If you know me, you know that I am a champion of women that I do not like comparisons. I, we are not to compare ourselves and, and uh, no cattiness that we're called to equip and encourage one another. And women are very powerful. And I always say that you're the, the, you're the thermostat in your home. You control the temperature in your home. And I have been living witness of this, that when I have my eyes on Jesus and I am just so focused on my intimate relationship with him, everything else flows. And I set that tone and there will be peace and joy in the house, depending on what my attitude and relationship is with. So what I know I'm called to do is help women um, develop such a deep and personal relationship with the Lord to be conformed into the image of Christ, but it's not the way the world's way is of thinking that we've got to do. Because so there's so many Christian doers, but we're, we're believers and believers be. We don't do to be. We be and then do out of that. One of the things you'll hear me say a lot is freely receive, freely give. You cannot give away what you first don't receive for, your, for yourself. So everything in your walk of faith 
has to come from the standpoint of you've got to receive how much God loves you individually. We have so much knowledge of, yes, God is love. He loves everybody. God so loved the world that he, you know, gave his only one and begotten son, Jesus, to die for our sins. But how, how to the degree that you know how much God loves you, that if, if no one else received Jesus, if you were the only one that received Jesus, that would have been enough for God to send Jesus just for you. It's got to come down to that personal level. And I didn't receive God's love for the longest time. You know, I didn't grow up in the church. I grew up heathen. So I knew I was a sinner, but I didn't know how to receive from God. And it wasn't until my husband and I were separated that I came to the end of myself. And my heart's cry was, God, I need you to make me whole. I need you to make my life significant to make a difference in other people's lives. And I just wanted to be the woman he created me to be, but I had no clue who that was. So it all started on this journey of knowing him. See, we know a lot of things about God, but do we truly know his nature and his character to where we're going to want to be so close and intimate with him every day that we're dialoguing with him every day. See, there's too many. What would frustrate me was that I would hear normal Christian life is go to church, read your Bible, do a Bible study, serve in the church, do good to get good. But we have to approach everything from the standpoint of God first loved us. We did not initiate that. He is the initiator. He calls us into the relationship. We're saved by grace, his enabling power, his favor, his divine influence on our heart, but through faith. So God does his part, but then we have to respond with our part. And my response, I realized, was all dependent upon how much I knew that God loved me and he was for me. Because I would approach prayer or reading the Bible like duty. I have to do this. And I would be like a check. So I feel better about myself. I'm being a Christian if I do these things, but I couldn't receive the goodness of God because I was so aware of my sin. And I was so self-conscious and condemning myself because I didn't live up to this standard that I thought the Christian woman had to live like and be. And when my life fell apart, it was really the best thing because I came to the end of myself and found the beginning of God. And I learned how to be a daughter, to know my identity in Christ. Because Genesis 1:26 says that, let us make a man in our image. And that us is the word Elohim, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So let us make man in our image and in our likeness to have dominion here on the earth. So there's, there's blessing, there's identity, there's position, and there's authority all wrapped up in that little verse. But we have to walk that out. And so when I was praying about where do I start in helping people grow 
deeper in their relationship with God, because that is really my calling to help people walk in that close personal relationship to go deep because the Lord had showed me very clearly that Laura, you've got one toe in and the rest of you is still in the world. And to be a friend with the world is to be an enemy with God. So when I was at my lowest point, I cried out to God and I said, I need you to show me how to do this. And he met me where I was at and I experienced radical change within three weeks, but really within a six months time to where my husband had seen me change and I related differently. I changed the thermometers or thermostat in my house, so to speak, where I was just so on fire for the Lord. I released all of that and I started to learn a whole new rhythm of living in his power, in his grace, but my response to that. So I had to learn how to receive from God. So we all want to have confidence in our relationship with God. So that's where I really felt like we needed to start with how do we even gain confidence? How do we even receive from God? Because we can't give away, freely receive, freely give. We can't give away what we don't first have. And so that's where we have to really learn how do we position ourselves to receive? And what I wanted to do with this group too is we have so much information. I'm not going to really teach you anything that you can't figure out for yourself or that you can't pick up the word and dig in for yourself. But what we have very little of is understanding how to apply that to my life in every aspect so that I can be conformed to the image of Christ and actually live the life that God called me to live, that life in abundance, that life in overflow. So it's not just about me and mine, but it's about everywhere I go. So if I go into the grocery store or uh, the dental office or wherever I'm going, I can be a positive influence for Jesus in that atmosphere, but I have to have that security of knowing who he is and who I am in Christ. I can't just give out Bible verses, but I have to know how do I apply that? And then how do I apply that to getting deeper understanding and wisdom to where I'm actually activating it? So that's what I want to do with this group is I want to not only just teach you, but I want to help you receive and activate. And one of the things that I know is that, you know, like I said, women are very powerful. And when we come together, if you look at who the most powerful influencers were in the early church were the women. I mean, John chapter four, Jesus talks to the woman at the well who wasn't even a Jew. And she goes and goes, gets her whole town to receive Jesus. So we have that power, but we have to have our heart so established in the truth that we're not trying to be um, in control or manipulative to influence other people. We can only share what is real to us. And you can't teach someone else my revelation. Just, you know, your story is powerful. That's why uh, it says in Revelation that we overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony not loving our lives to the death. So what Jesus has done for us on our behalf, and then also 
what are we testifying to what Jesus has done in our life? The word of our testimony is testifying to what the word has done. And Jesus is the word. So I want you to take time to think about your relationship with God. And I want you to write down, first of all, what do you want? Do you just want to have, you know, the checklist? If you're in this group, you don't want to just have the checklist. You're not, you're, you're going, you want to go into the deep because deep calls on to deep. And that's where the true adventure, and that's where you're truly going to find out who God's called you to be. And I want to help guide you in that journey. But when you're having your relationship with God, what do you want? And then what do you believe in God for? Someone had asked me that, you know, like uh, 15 years ago, and I had never been asked that question before. And it stopped me in my tracks when she said, Lori, what do you believe in God for? And I just kind of looked at her and I thought, I've never thought about it that way. Because great, we're saved by grace through faith. We both have a part to play. God's already done his part with Jesus. And I respond in faith, which is believing and trusting in his finished work on my behalf. So there's going to be this relationship that you're going to have. There's a give and a take. And there's, you know, that prayer is simply a dialogue that you're having with the Lord. So what are you believing God for? I'm not talking just about things because we can write our list down, right? You know, financial breakthrough, health prosperity, whatever it is, we have a list of what we can believe God for. But I want you to think about this in the context of your relationship. What are you believing him for? Just like with my marriage, I don't look to my husband to make me happy and to do nice things for me. But I have a covenant that I am looking to him to help fulfill a vision that he has for our life. Because I always say marriage is the closest relationship we have here on the earth that is even close to the Trinity, where the three become one because the two become one. And it's actually three because of God in our marriage. So we're to be an expression of the Lord here on the earth. So marriage is much more about I love him and I want to do nice things for him and he makes me happy. That's not what I'm believing God for my marriage. I'm believing God for my marriage for God, make me the woman you created me to be. Make him the, that he would seek you to find you and be the man that you've called him to be so that together we can be whom you called us to be as one here on the earth to advance God's kingdom. Do you see the difference? So take time with that. And then I want you to think about how do you approach God in your quiet time? Do you come to him ready to receive or ready to just dump? If you think about, okay, so here, here's where I was years ago. I had a hard time receiving from God because I thought I had to live up to a standard of being a Christian woman and I would fail every day. In my mind, I could never live up to that standard. So I was always condemning myself. I always was so sin conscious, so aware of my sin. 
And then one day the Lord just revealed to me, Lori, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, Romans 8. I was condemning myself. And then he tells me in First John, it says that if our heart condemns us, God is bigger than our heart. So we're the ones that are condemning ourselves. God is not. God doesn't see you in your sin. There's only one sin he sees. Do you believe in Jesus? If you don't believe in Jesus, that's the sin of not believing in Jesus. After that, you are sealed. He sees you according to your born-again spirit. We'll get more into that later. So God showed me that he wants me, and this, these were words, and this is where we'll talk about what do you do when you get words spoken over you by other people. And within one week, I had two different people say, God just wants you to let him love you. And he wants you to climb up on his lap because he's a good father. And it shook me because I realized I didn't know how to do that. I always came to him with such shame and, and, and it's not like I was doing terrible things. It's just normal. Like I'm yelling at my kids or I had a bad attitude and threw the dishes in the, in the sink versus placing them like, you know, things like that. But we have to approach God as though we are like a little toddler with a dirty diaper that will just come and come up on the parent's lap and not even think about, they have a dirty diaper. They need to get changed. But just having that, no matter what, I come as I am. But God doesn't see you in your sin. He sees you in Christ Jesus. So there's going to be a mind shift of what you're going to do when you read the word. It's going to be a mirror. Jesus had to grow in wisdom and stature. He had to be in the word to help him know his identity and to know the father's love for him. And that when you see Jesus, you see the father. So the other thing that I would say too, is when you read the word, I'm going to challenge you to read it as though you've never read it before and you have no preconceived notions of what it is, but I want you to see it through the lens of the finished work of Jesus on the cross in his death, burial, and resurrection that you are in a new covenant with him. And so when you approach this, you approach it from the standpoint of I am in Christ. That is my identity. I'm a child of God. If you're born again, you are a child of God. So that's going to help you with receiving. You know, Hebrews 11, 6 says that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And repeatedly, he will say, ask, and you'll receive, right? Knock, the door will be open. So I want you to think about your approach with the Father. We've got to know that God is a good God, and he is a rewarder. You know, James 1.17 says that every good and perfect gift comes from the father of heavenly lights, whom there is no shadow or variance of turning. So he only gives good gifts. Matthew 7, 11 says that he only gives good gifts. So when you approach God in your time of prayer, and prayer is simply a dialogue, a two-way conversation, but God has given us two ears and one mouth. I did a, a teaching for my kids a few years ago. I had, I had cut out these little ears and God showed me that when I put the two ears together, they form like a heart. So Jesus constantly said, take heed in what you hear. 
because it's going to go into our heart. So when we're in a position of having to receive from God, we've got to know one, he wants to only give you good gifts. He said, call upon him and he will show you great and mighty things you don't know. Ask him and you will receive. So come into an agreement with what he wants to show you. And we're going to get into how do you test that? And the number one way is with the word. I mean, that's everything is going to be, but there's going to be times where you're not going to find exactly in the word other ways. We're going to, we're going to test it because you do have to test it. And Jesus said, test what you're hearing. But I want you to think about receiving from God. Do you see him as a loving father that only wants to give you the best gifts or is there still some natural father issues that are stopping you? And you're going to do this in your quiet time just to be real honest and open with God and, um, and just that vulnerability. But God is a good father. And so just as an activation, whenever you go to spend quiet time with the Lord, I want you to focus on First, knowing how much he loves you, you personally, and then what he wants to share with you. So I just want to take the minute right now, just where you're at, and I just want you to practice focusing on how much God loves you, not how much you love God, because that's what we tend to do. But I want you to focus on, God, how much do you love me? And then I want you to hear what he's going to say to you. And then just write that down. All right. So we're just going to take, just take a minute here. And so, Lord, we just thank you for Holy Spirit, who is going to reveal truth to us. Lord, show us truth, who we are in Christ, how much the Father lavishes his love on us because we are his kids and he is a speaking God who wants to speak to us. So Lord, we just receive what you want to speak to each of our hearts right now. And then just because of time, I want you to ask him this question, Lord, what do you love about me? And then one more, Lord, what do you like about me? So I want you to write down what you heard and if your mind tries to argue with you, like, is that really God? Like, is that too good? Like, because sometimes it can be so good, like we're, we're not prepared for, for what he wants to share because it sounds too good to be true. But the gospel means the almost too good to be true good news. But our heart hasn't been conditioned to receive it because we've been taught so much law and works and religious traditions. So we need to start positioning ourselves to start receiving that love of God so that we were created for his pleasure, that we're his kids. He's our father, but he's also our friend. So there's a friendship aspect where he's fun and he's funny. So if you hear something funny, write those things down because what they'll start to do is create a picture so if we go back to Genesis 1:26, where it says that we're created in his image and his likeness to have dominion, our, our, the image of God is our born-again spirit. 
And then in his likeness is in our soul, which is our mind, our will, and um, emotions. It involves our imagination. And the soul is a part that has to get reprogrammed because when we're born again, our spirit becomes brand new. We're a brand new creation. We're completely sealed. That's where the Holy Spirit resides. But our soul has to get transformed by the renewing of our mind so we can prove out the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So that that mind is not just how you think, but it involves how you feel, how you use your imagination. Are you thinking about the good things, right? Uh, and um, Philippians 4, 8, everything that's good and true and noble and pure, right? All those things. So you have to start reprogramming the way you think, but you've got to feel God's pleasure too. We're not ruled by our emotions, but if we never receive how much God loves us and feel that pressure, that, that pleasure, that what, you know, cause we're created like him. And Jesus came in human form to reveal the father. So likewise, we need to ask him these questions. Your imagination needs to get sanctified to where you're now coming into an agreement with God's way of thinking and being. You know, Jesus called his disciples to be with him, to learn of him. Then they went out and did, but he first called them to be with him. So we come to be with God, to know him, to know his ways, to know how he thinks, how he thinks about us then we have to come into an agreement and then out of that will flow the works. But we don't do to be, we be to do. All right. I just want to speak a blessing over you. Lord, I just thank you for these women who are just so hungry to know you and the power of your resurrection, Jesus in them and through them, that Holy spirit power that is working. And so I thank you that your word is working in them for their lives right now, that you are changing their hearts to come in to be in agreement of who they are in Christ and to live that life in abundance that you died to give them. And so Jesus, we just say yes and amen to you because all of your promises are yes in Christ and amen in Christ. So we come into an agreement and we thank you for who we are in you. In Jesus name. Amen. Friend, I hope this podcast has blessed you. And now here is a way that you can really bless me in return. First of all, make sure you're subscribed to this podcast so you don't miss any episodes. And then go to Apple Podcasts, leave me a written review along with a five-star rating. This not only encourages me to keep going and producing these episodes, but it makes it possible for others to learn about this podcast as well. Then go ahead and take a screenshot of this episode or your review and then share it on your Instagram and Facebook stories and make sure you tag me at Lori K. Snyder. So then I can share you and my stories and then we can just be social together. Together we can reach more people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and this podcast helps make that possible to fulfill the Great Commission. Thank you so much and God bless.